0: Hello
1: everybody and welcome back to Between the Shadows. This is Kara. This
0: is Kristen. All right.
1: Yes, it's been a while guys. Chalk that up to the end of our season one for Between the Shadows. We've had a lot going on personally and we're just trying to fit everything in and we
0: are back and ready to go, revved up more than ever. Yes. So we are excited to be back. Before we really get started, I have to give a huge shout out a couple of shout-outs, actually. One, Miss Penny Dreadful, congratulations on your nomination Congratulations, your We are so happy for you. That is just the most wonderful so thing. I was so excited thing. to read that. Yes. I'm so excited for you. And and number two, we have to give a huge shout-out to uh, Jewel on Resident of Collinwood. Thank you so yeah. much for your guest spots. We have so much fun doing that. Yeah. And uh, we just, we just want to say thank you so much for the support. Thanks for thinking of us, and thanks for letting us geek out with you. I love it so much. Right now, Jewel,
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel like you are our biggest support right now and we cannot tell you and express how much we appreciate you yes thank you so much and you're next on the show so be ready yes (laughs) All right. All right. So we left off. We're just going to get right into it, pretty much.
0: We just we left off at... We left off at the end of the witchcraft trial. Victoria Winters has been declared guilty of witchcraft in the first degree. (laughs) Yes. And we are going to the old house where, as always, Ben is standing there waiting. Actually, I think Barnabas is actually standing there waiting for Ben. Yeah. And Ben is later than usual, and he's like, what the crap, you know? Right. And Ben comes in and, and and tells Barnabas of the guilty verdict. And Barnabas decides, you know, Ben tells him that Victoria was found guilty and she's going to hang. Yeah. And Barnabas decides that this is the moment he's going to get even with Trask. And <laughs> he's going to get even with Trask and Trask is going to pay and Trask is going to pay for it with his life. And he chooses to use the same tactic that Trask used on Victoria. Right. And... Enemy number one is fear, and that's what he chooses to use. Right. So so that's the first opening scene after Victoria is declared guilty. So from here, after this first opening scene, we go to Collinwood, and Trask has shown up. I think he's shown up to gloat. You know, I got my guilty verdict. I told you she was a witch, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so he shows up and demands the keys to the old house so that he can get Vicky's things and burn them. Yeah. And Naomi... Naomi Collins is pissed. (laughs) Naomi (laughs) Collins is so, so put out right now. Yeah. He shows up and he was asking
1: for Naomi for the keys to the old house because his, his excuse is that the witch's things like we have to, all her worldly possessions need to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. So, um, of course, Naomi is like, absolutely not. Right, absolutely not. She he and he was like Mrs. Collins. I realize that my presence here upsets you. And he's like, "You're putting it charitably, Mr. Trash. Your presence here disgusts me." Yes,
0: yes. I was and, like, and Girl. "Yes." <laughs> Naomi, Naomi was on one. She didn't care. You know, we remember that before during the witchcraft trial, she pretty much told Joshua to go to hell, and I'm gonna I'm gonna testify at this trial.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and if that wasn't enough, like she. Had to smack the out of him.
0: Yes, for out talking trash. out of line yes, with he, her. He tells her that the only reason she's upset is because she chose to. She chose the losing side, and that she has aligned herself with the devil. And she just smacks him right across the face, uh-huh. and then dares him, dares him to hit her back. Uh-huh. He.
1: It doesn't scare her at all. No, he was like, "You're going to be sorry you did that," and she's like, "Then strike
0: me back." Yeah, exactly. Do it. I kind of
1: dare you. Exactly. <laughs> I loved and, it. And
0: she was like, you know, striking an innocent woman and carrying them away in the dead of the night and subjecting them to your own pe- peculiar brand of mental torture. It's, it's like, isn't, isn't that what, isn't that what you stand for? Isn't that your, your MO? Yeah. And, and I'm just like, I'm sitting there on the couch going, come on, Naomi, come I know. on. <laughs> I was like, keep it going. Keep it <laughs> yes, going. Yes. I loved it so much. But eventually,
1: <laughs> eventually she folds in a way, but she was like, Ben is going to escort you. To the old house. He's she was like, You take him to the old house, you let him do what he needs to do, and then you bring him out. Yes. You escort him out. Yes. And you lock the door, bring the keys back to me, whatever.
0: Yes. Like and, and he knew he knew better. Sorry, going back to this for just a sec, he knew better than to strike the mistress, the mistress of Colin. Yeah. Ben. She said, she said, You may be petty and cruel and bigoted, but you're not altogether stupid. Mm-hmm. And she's right. You know, if if he had hit her back. The, oh yeah. I, I can't imagine how good Naomi would have reacted. I feel like she probably would have ran him through with a sword. Yeah. And if, if Joshua had found out about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, Joshua's already not a fan of Trask. He just wants, you know, him to do his business and get out. Yeah. But but so yeah, so so she makes Ben go down to the old house, don't leave his side, get him what he needs and get him the hook out. Right. You know. Right. And <laughs> it just it's kind of like a try-me ho situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Do you know what I'm capable of? <laughs> exactly. So, so they get down to the old house, and Ben knows that it's just about time for Barnabas to get up. Yeah. So he sends Trask on his way, and says that he wants to stay downstairs. And once Trask is out of sight, he goes to the basement and warns Barnabas to stay where you are. Yeah. Because Trask is in the house. Yeah. And Barnabas, of course, are you mad? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and once Trask finishes what he has to do, he asks Ben, "Well, who are you talking to, Ben?" And Ben was like, I'm talking to myself, you know. And Trask is, he's mostly satisfied with that answer and he leaves, but not before he blames Stokes for trying to contact the witch. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, Barnabas decides to just scare the crap out of Trask before killing him, get him as scared as he can possibly be. Yeah. And once Trask gets back to his room, Barnabas starts messing with him. First, you can hear the sounds of chains rattling, and then a shriek is heard. Mm -hmm. And this keeps going on and on. And then Barnabas's voice is heard, basically tortures him with fear and tells him he's going to die. Yeah. And
1: not to mention Ben, or not Ben, excuse me, but Trask was already kind of a little paranoid and questionable because also in the old house um he had questioned ben about hearing a third voice in the yes, house yes and he was like well who was that you know i right. gave him the runaround as usual right but he went back to his room with that in his head as well he's like there was somebody else there who was it right exactly. and is this who's torturing taunting, taunting me, me right now right
0: exactly yeah and barnabas's voice is like victoria winters will live and you will die yeah and and then barnabas's hand appears and and trask
1: Trask.
0: Yes, he, he screams, <laughs> trash screams like a little bitty girl. And it's just it's hilarious mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. And you know, this big man of God. Now, now I, I myself, I'm I'm a Christian, I go to church, but you know, seeing someone who claimed to be a man of God who really isn't, he's just out for his fame or whatever, this was a hilarious scene yeah. to me. It just was. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. So we know that Barnabas, for those of us who have seen the series, you know, and, and several times over the way that we have, we know that Barnabas's plan is to make Trask experience what Vicky has, as she's been locked up in a cell. Right. But Barnabas is just a little bit more cruel than that. When, when Barnabas tells Ben that he plans to wall him up in the alcove in the basement of the old house, Ben tells him that I I can't do this. I'm not doing this with you. And, yeah. And he heads off to the Eagle to drink. Ben, this is the first time that we see Ben in kind of a weak state. Yeah. You know, he's at the Eagle and he's, he's basically drinking his sorrows, his problems away. Yeah. So Ben is at the, at the pub, at the, at the, at the Blue Whale, at the Eagle, <laughs> and, and he is just getting drunk. And, and he, he runs into Maud Browning there, who is a lady of the night, much like Ruby Tate. Right. And she's trying really hard to get Ben to pay attention to her, but all he can say is more rum, more rum. <laughs> and he mumbles about her being careful and what happened to Ruby Tate, and it's all drunken talk and Maud she just isn't paying much attention to it. You know, she's like, am I going to get paid? Are we doing this? What are we doing? You know? Mm-hmm. And at this point, this is where Nathan walks in with his seafaring buddy, Noah Gifford. Yeah. And Nathan has formulated this plan to get Millicent back, and he wants to figure out the mystery surrounding Barnabas is, and Nathan is convinced that Barnabas is still hanging around. He doesn't... Nathan doesn't know that Barnabas is dead. Nathan just figures... He's kind of... He's kind of got the suspicion that Barnabas has not gone to England. Right. But he doesn't know that Barnabas is dead. He yeah. Does, that part... He, he just hasn't figured out yet. <clears throat> so Noah goes over and starts probing the crap out of Ben because Nathan's like, go over there and find out what you can find out, you know, and I'll pay you. Right. And but Ben is not much use because he's so <laughs> slobbering drunk <laughs> and he's just rambling outside Barnabas has met Maud Browning and she's going on about now how she likes nice things you know and apparently Maud only goes after rich guys that's what I gathered from this scene well, that's how you it's... make your money right? yeah exactly <laughs> and and Barnabas is you know he's he looks like a very wealthy man he looks like a, a gentleman and someone who will probably treat Maud right if he went down that path but she doesn't know what Barnabas is you know yeah <laughs> so Barnabas ends up attempting to bite her and she makes a lot of noise and Nathan's comes running so he doesn't he doesn't succeed and Barnabas, in, in his hurry, leaves his cane behind. And Nathan tries to put the pieces together and finally pins Maud's attack on Barnabas. And, of course, the cane was a dead giveaway. Yeah. These next few scenes are just an attempt to scare the, you know, scare the crap out of Trask on Barnabas' part. Right. And, you know, the laughter can be heard. And at one point, Nathan Forbes shows up and Trask tells Nathan about his encounters with the witch and, and I think that in hopes that Nathan will tell him what he, that he's been experiencing the same thing. Like, Trask is like, I can't be the only one here. I'm not the only one who took her down, you know. So he thinks that, you know, he hopes that Nathan's going to tell him that, you know, he's been going through the same thing. But Nathan tells him that he hasn't, he hasn't experienced anything from the witch because he doesn't believe in witches. You know, he only testified against Victoria because Trask claimed that he could help him with Millicent. Right. And Trask uh, tells him about the hand with the ring on it and the light bulb goes off in Nathan's head. And he tells Trask that the ring belongs to Barnabas Collins. What kind of ring was it? Right, right. <laughs> and, he, you know, he explains the ring, and we all know that there's only one person in this entire town, in this entire show, that wears that ring, and it is Barnabas Collins. Mm-hmm. And even in that moment, the hand shows up, but, of course, Nathan doesn't see it. And Nathan shocks it up to Trask just being under str- strain and stress from the trial. Yeah. And Trask hears the voice the entire time while Nathan is there, but Nathan can't hear it, but... The voice says that this is purely for Trask alone. You know, this was only intended for Trask. Barnabas wasn't after Nathan just yet because in his mind, the only thing that Nathan had done wrong was Victoria and Trask was his focus at this point. <laughs> right. So.
1: So at this point, Barnabas has sent Ben to look for his cane um, where Maude Browning is staying. Right. He thinks she has it, but really Nathan has it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um. Nathan catches Ben coming out of Maude's room. Ben doesn't know that, right, but he right. does catch him. So right. he's got that connection to work right. with in his little. Nathan is playing detective here. at this point.
0: He really is. Yeah.
1: And not that it's beyond his, I hate to say expertise because he's such an idiot. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, so Ben returns to the old house and tells Barnabas that he can't find it. Yeah. And Barnabas wants to know what has been said about him and how he's been described, but Ben assures him that the woman had had a lot to drink that mm-hmm. night, considering.
0: Yeah, her her descriptions weren't really reliable at this point. Right, you know, drunken R- mess. Right,
1: <laughs> right. What they don't know is that Nathan has been standing outside, That's... of course, and. Um, He's actually outside of the old house. He followed Ben. He didn't just see him come out of Maude's room, but he followed him right. to the old house. Right. So he's standing outside hearing everything they're friggin' saying. Right. And um, Barnabas decides to go out and look for her at the obje- objection of Ben, yeah. of course. Yeah. Ben and is
0: always the voice of reason. He's he always trying is. to get him, just stay where you are. Right.
1: You're just going to cause more trouble. Just exactly. stay where you are. Yep. But um, he does find Maud, and he does strangle her and
0: kill her. Yeah. He he gets her. He gets her. He he, he yeah. finished what he started, basically. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so he strangles her and then he kills her. And then he puts her body in Trask's room yeah. on the bed, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and and Trask finds her just as Nathan comes calling again. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Nathan has and Nathan's come to ask Trask to deliver a letter to Millicent at Collinwood. And <laughs> he, Nathan comes in and sees Maud's hand because Trask has covered the body before he answered the door. Right, and her hand is just hanging there, and and Nathan gets all sly. He's like, "Oh, I didn't realize you had a you had a visitor. Like you know, good company. <laughs> like, he yeah, have had said, said company. something." <laughs> and he was like woman's dead and and you know nathan is like whoa okay and yeah. but but once nathan discovers the body and that Maud is dead in trask's bed he agrees to dispose of the body if trask will take the letter right there's a lot of black ma- blackmail going on between these two yeah and so we, we go to collinwood and millicent is sitting there in the drawing room and she's reading the tarot cards mm-hmm. and she's still having the feeling of wanting nathan dead you know we talked about this last time and she interprets the cards to see if her plan will come to pass, and according to the cards, the cards say it's going to happen, at least the way Millicent is reading them,
1: Yeah. and
0: Naomi is there trying to talk her out of these feelings of having Nathan killed in a duel, and tells her that eventually she has to move on, and you know, Trask comes knocking on the door, and wants to talk to Millicent alone, but Naomi, finding her balls, says no, Yeah. <laughs> you cannot talk to her, yeah. you know, Yeah. and... Trask tries to give her the letter, but Naomi snatches it. She snatches it out of his hands and just tears it up Mm -hmm. right in front of her. And Melissa's like, I fully approve. I fully approve of what my cousin's just done. Mm -hmm. And, but later on she, she goes and tries to read the ripped up pieces of the letter, you know? Yeah. And so later on, we go back to Trask who is sleeping in his room and he has a dream that Abigail tells him to go to the old house and that she knows the terrible secret. Right. Which secret she doesn't say. She doesn't say which secret. Yeah but that's where Maud Browning shows up and says that soon everyone will know that she is dead and that she was dead in his room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he begs Abigail not to think the worst of him and that he claims he didn't know about Maud being in his room. I, I think that he thinks this is the secret that Abigail knows. <laughs> right. And Abigail's like, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. And that's not the secret I was referring to. And she said that she yeah. knows the secret of the witch. And she tells him that only he can destroy the witch's secret. Yeah, well, the secret is Barnabas. Barnabas is a vampire. That's the secret she's talking about. Right. But Trask, of course, doesn't know this. And this this was an attempt in uh, on Barnabas's part to get him to come to the old house. Yeah. Like this whole dream sequence. This was Barnabas. Yeah. And and it works. You know, Trask goes to the old house. And he wakes up immediately and heads to the old house, even at the objection of Nathan, who warns him sternly, don't go there, because Nathan's got this thought in his head that Barnabas is the strangler, and, yeah. and there's a good chance Trask is going to die at the hands of Barnabas. Nathan doesn't know Barnabas' real secret. Right. He, he doesn't, but he, he knows, knows that... that.
1: He suspects enough he suspects for him enough. to be dangerous.
0: Yes, he, he suspects enough. He suspects that Barnabas is the is the Colin Wood, or the or Collinsport strangler. And, but he does, he does not know the magnitude of Barnabas's being the strangler. Yeah. He just doesn't. Yeah. So when Trask gets there, when it gets to the old house, he reads a letter and hears the clock chime and hears Abigail speak his name. Yeah. And he hears the sound of a heartbeat and he follows it to the basement and sees the coffin and Mm -hmm. Barnabas shows up. And Barnabas sneaks up behind him and says, you have been called to a richly deserved reward. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) I have to tell... Okay, the voice that that Jonathan Frid used in this scene, oh my my gosh. Mm -hmm. You know, at the beginning of 1795, we see Barnabas as a man, and he's sweet, and he's loving, and he's caring, and he's very considerate. Now we see Barnabas as almost this demon-like creature. Like maniacal. Maniacal. And... Again, it's kind of his id, you know, and and he can't, you know, he can't help himself for most of it. I think a lot of it was conscious, but and if we're being honest, it's the true nature of a vampire. Yes, the true nature of a vampire. I absolutely agree. You can't, and and I think well, yeah. I think that Jonathan Fred pulled it off so well. Yeah, and I know that I know that I'm not the only one who thinks this. I know this, but I just I have I have to brag on it again. You know, Jonathan Fred's performance as the vampire you know, and his performance as a regular human man. You know, Mm -hmm. Barnabas tells him that he has no idea what true witchcraft is and what evil it has at its command. He wanted a witch to prove his own powers, so he tortured an innocent woman. And I think this right here hit it right on the nose. Hit it dead on the nose. It comes back to what Trask had to gain by proving Victoria Winters was a witch. He wanted to show his power, and yes, I believe fame had a lot to do with it. He would destroy anyone for the sake of his own ambition. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I just, I fully believe that with all of my heart. And Trask ends up paying for it. He ends up paying for it with his life. Yeah. Barnabas gets him to write a letter of confession that says, Victoria Winters is innocent of the charge of witchcraft. And then Barnabas proceeds to wall him up in that alcove <laughs> in the basement of the old house. Mm-hmm. And as satisfying as this scene was, I feel like it may have been a little too hasty on Barnabas's part. Yes, absolutely, Trask got what he deserved, but Barnabas could have taken a different route to get Trask to admit that Victoria Winters is innocent. And
1: prevent the hanging
0: in the first place. Yes. Okay, now when we go back, this is jumping ahead, of course, but when we go back to 1796 when Barnabas is trying to save Victoria from being hanged, Mm -hmm. you know, we we get that whole sequence, you know, later on. Mm Instead of, and we'll get to this too, I'm sorry, we'll get to this too, instead of killing Nathan the way that he did, he bit Nathan Yeah. in order to get him to do his bidding, right. and I feel like he could have done the same with Trask here. He could have bit him, put him under his power, and had him confess to the judges and the authorities, and I feel like that would have been more convincing than just a simple letter, as we'll find out later, and we will find out later that this decision will haunt Barnabas more than once. Yeah. But, again, still
1: at the risk, in the long run, risking everybody finding out who you are. Right, right. So, being selfish, Barnabas, you know, just took the... Initiative. <laughs> yeah, and just went went the drastic measure first.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because,
1: to him, the drastic measure really is, oh my God, everybody's going to find out
0: about right. me. Right, right. And and he's a brand new baby vampire. Yeah. And when he went back in in, the, the coming episodes after we get the next saga and then we go back to 1796, he's a much more experienced vampire because he's been a vampire for 200 years. And he knew that killing Nathan... He could have just simply did what he did. He put Nathan under his power. He bit Nathan and had Barnab or had had Nathan do his bidding. Yeah. But at this point in 1795, he was brand new at this. Mm-hmm. Not experienced at all. Not 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 fully aware of his powers. At this point, he knew that he could put someone under his power, but he didn't quite understand, I don't think what that meant. Like it, he just discovered that he could bring someone back from the dead with Josette. Right. Right. But, and honestly, now that we're talking about it, a little
1: bunny trail here, but now that we're talking about it, it's like when he woke up in 66, he was still a new vampire. He was honestly, yes, because he, was. he only had about, he had a season of I, being a vampire. I would say maybe six months and that's maybe being generous. Yes. Of how long he had before his dad chained him up
0: yes so when he
1: woke up almost 200 years later he only had that much time to experience what he is and so like you said when he's in 66 like he's still experiencing the magnitude of his powers yeah and how much control he really does have over people like carolyn right when we come back from the past carolyn we forget in a moment that when finally when we come back she's still under his power right and He's still kind of new at this. He's right. still learning.
0: See, and that, and that's, and that's a thing. Like with Ben Stokes, he never once bit Ben. Ben was no, just loyal. He was
1: just loyal. Ben to the...
0: was just loyal. Yes. But when he woke up out of the coffin, he bit Willie, and that's why Willie was so loyal at first. And I think that's when he realized I could actually put someone under my power and get them to he do would, my bidding.
1: Willie was the guinea pig. He was the, really, really because. In 1795, when Barnabas bit, he killed. Yes, he, he did. So Willie was the really the first experiment guinea pig for the way he works things yes. now.
0: And, in, and in I the mean, present. the only person that he didn't kill that he bit was Josette, but he had the intention of killing of her. Of killing her, yes, he did. And I can't think of another person. If there's somebody out there, guys, let us know. Yeah, let me know if I'm <laughs> missing in, something. In 1795, but... that he bit her. Didn't kill her, but had the intention of killing her. Yeah. And the fir- the first person that he bit and didn't kill was Willie. Yeah. And same with Maggie. He bit her, intended to kill her, yeah. and didn't. And didn't. So. Carolyn, he did. Yes, House of
1: Dark Shadows, he did.
0: But <laughs> we're talking about the show. Yes. And no, he didn't. We just got off a podcast with Joel talking about the movie, <laughs> so it's still pretty fresh. <laughs> but, but no,
1: he didn't kill in the show. He didn't kill Carolyn. Everybody. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like nobody else died from the bite. No. Since the past. Yes. Since the past. So, now that we're on that... We finished that bunny trail. Yes. So, so, back so on Trask the...
0: is dead. Trask is in the wall. Got exactly what he deserved... Yeah, Maybe a little too hasty on Barnabas' part, but baby vampire, inexperienced vampire. You gotta and, do what you gotta do. And this is the story. So. Yeah. And so now we go to the next plot of this. Yeah, And this is Nathan's plot. He's got this plan to get Millicent back. Mm-hmm. And he he uses Noah Gifford to stage an attack on Millicent so that he can be the hero yeah. that saves her. And it was kind of a stupid plan, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I, I mean, I watched and I'm like, come on. I mean, I know Millicent is flighty. I know that she's blonde, but come on. She's got to be smarter than this. Yeah. But she wasn't. <laughs> yeah. He sends Noah to Collinwood with Josette's fan with a message to Millicent to meet him at eight at the gazebo. And he signs it B. And so that she'll think that the message came from Barnabas. Mm -hmm. And Natalie Dupre is there and trying to talk some sense into Millicent when Peter Bradford shows up and tells the Countess about the letter that Trask wrote that proves Victoria Winters is not a witch. Mm -hmm. And it isn't until Peter points out that Angelique is the only person who benefited from the witchcraft that happened at Collinwood that Natalie chooses to believe Peter. Mm -hmm. And she told him that Angelique's mother had a reputation for being a healer through teas and herbs so it's like come on it's like you didn't think of this until peter said it i love natalie i do
1: i I do too but man she was so naive and so thick and so foolish so foolish like we said it in a previous episode when we were talking about it while it was going on Mm -hmm. but god I can't talk about it, and it doesn't tick me off. <laughs> but <laughs> it's she true. was so like Josette in a lot of ways. Yeah, like so naive and so go with the flow, and like
0: completely she, unaware of what was happening. Like
1: she had her own thing, like that was questionable because she, you know, she read her tarot cards and
0: and I'll say understood this,
1: witchcraft and
0: and I'll say this: this does become very evident later. Yeah. When when Joshua returns from Boston, and and you know, decides that this is what, you know, we got to try this to get the curse off Barnabas. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with witchcraft and Natalie Dupre becomes very evident in it. It made me just a little bit mad because I'm like, wait, Natalie can summon somebody psychically, but, but she's not being hanged as a witch. You, but you totally fell for the witch's shit. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, but... Exactly. No, you're, you're exactly right. So I, I'm sorry. So I had to go off on that, but, but getting back into this, so, Nathan Noah Gifford puts on a mask and attacks Millicent and makes sure that she sees the head of Barnabas's cane. Yeah. And Nathan steps in and becomes the hero. Of and course. Naomi lets Millicent say goodbye to mm-hmm. Nathan mm-hmm. and Nathan lets on like he's leaving town. We know he's not going anywhere, but he lets on like he's leaving town. Yeah. Because because Joshua said get a transfer and get the, get out of here. Or I'm going to yeah. report you. Exactly. Yeah. And he tells her that he didn't mean to hurt her and he didn't he didn't mean anything malicious by his actions and that he still very much is in love with her and he does love her. And unfortunately, Millicent is eating this up. She's eating it up. Yeah. And she drops all thought of having someone kill Nathan. And goes to his room and basically begs him to stay in Collinsport Which is exactly what Nathan had intended It's Mm -hmm. exactly what Nathan wanted That's the first step Yes The wedding is back on And Joshua and Naomi, they are just floored They're Mm -hmm. like, what? Mm -hmm. You know And uh, naturally, of course, they try to talk her out of it But but Millicent, she's firm I'm gonna marry this guy And Joshua even threatens to declare Millicent insane If she goes through with it Mm -hmm. And Nathan shows up and demands to talk to Joshua alone Nathan Nathan's best weapon at this point is blackmail he did it with Trask and now he's gonna do it with Joshua yeah and Nathan tells Joshua that he knows the truth about Barnabas he says he knows that he never went to England because he's here in Collinsport and that many have seen him mm-hmm. and it shakes Joshua up when Nathan tells him that he caught Ben sneaking through Maud Browning's room and then followed him to the old house and saw Barnabas in the window yeah and mm-hmm. then he shows Joshua Barnabas's cane and says that Millicent was attacked less than a mile from the old house By a man who was carrying this cane. And, you know, Nathan basically blackmails Joshua into giving his blessing for their marriage. Yeah. Because Barnabas is back in Collinsport. And he's the Collinsport strangler. Barnabas never left Collins Collinsport, but, you know, that's beside the point. (laughs) Yeah. And Joshua has no other choice but to agree and let them be married, but not before he grabs his pistol and heads to the old house. Yeah. Yeah. And he finds Stokes there and demands to know why he's there and where Barnabas is. Mm -hmm. Ben's not successful in stopping Joshua from going to the basement just before the sun sets. Yeah, And he goes down and he is shocked beyond all imagination to see the coffin, but even more shocked to see Barnabas get up out of it. Oh my gosh. The gamut of emotion on Joshua's face here. It was just incredible. Yeah, I I can't imagine all of the things that Joshua was feeling in this moment disbelief because he was at his bedside when he died. I mean, shock because he's standing here in front of him right now. And this is one of the most intense,
1: one of the most tear-jerking scenes <sighs> in this show. Yes. And I'm trying not to cry now, but it gets me every time.
0: And, you know, I I have to say, I think there was just a touch of happiness to see his son to standing see his in son front again. of him. Yeah. yeah. And I... I even even if you know Joshua is not a man of emotions, Joshua is not a man who can show his emotions. But I, I think that there was some happiness in this moment yeah. because no matter what Barnabas is, Barnabas was still his son. Barnabas was still his heir, yeah. and now here he is standing in front of him. Joshua had no friggin' idea, yeah, no idea what was going on with Barnabas. Yeah,
1: and it's like I lost my son, but now you're standing in front of me. Yes. and he even goes on to say that later. But yes.
0: So I, I just, I fully believe there was some joy to just, see his son standing here, even if he was terribly afraid and yeah. shocked and, and 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 flabbergasted, you know. Yeah. That was a big word, y'all. I choked on it. <laughs> <laughs> and Joshua, he begs the question, why didn't you come to me when, why didn't you come to me? Yeah. You know, and Joshua wants to know if he killed Maud Browning and Ruby Tate and Suki Forbes and Barnabas tells him, he kills because he is compelled to and that he is under a curse. Mm-hmm. And Joshua tells him that he would rather see him dead than see him the way that he is now. And Barnabas quickly responds with, I would rather be dead. Yeah. That line, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. This this scene was, oh, my gosh. I, I don't know what Dan Curtis was going for, but I'll tell you, it it, it achieved so many, so many emotions in, in me when I saw this, you know, yeah. just like with you.
1: Yeah.
0: And... Barnabas tells his father that he will do anything he wants as long as his mother still thinks that he's dead. Yeah. And I think this is the reason that Barnabas didn't go to Joshua because of his mom, his parents. He told Abigail, he was like, I, my father will never know. I will protect him from finding this out. Yeah but here Joshua is. He was like, okay, but does mom know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, he wants he wants Naomi to keep thinking that her son is dead because it's better that way. You cannot
1: tell her that I'm here and then her lose me again. Yes. You can handle that. She can't.
0: Right. So. Which is evident later on too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and yeah. And Joshua doesn't understand that Barnabas can merely be killed. You know, he can't just shoot him and and He's kill. like, try it. Try it. Yes. And Naomi shows up at the old house. He he leaves his pistol with Barnabas and tells him to do what he knows he has to do. He's like, I'm going to go up there and get rid of your mother. Here's the pistol. Do it. You know what you have to do. Yeah. And he walks Naomi back to Collinwood and comes back. He comes back to the old house and Barnabas tries to explain to him without coming right out and saying it that he's a vampire, but Joshua just isn't getting it until he screams the word vampire because i'm a vampire yeah oh my gosh that killed me dude every time it it kills me me. every time and joshua raises his pistol and prepares to shoot him yeah and when he fails to kill him barnabas tells joshua of angelique's curse and that she is responsible for all of the terror at collinwood (laughs) hi penny (laughs) love you (laughs) <laughs> and he also tells him that he's the one that killed Trask and he would have killed Abigail too if she hadn't just had a heart attack. See, yeah. I told you, yeah. I told you he was out to kill Abigail. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. She needed to go.
0: She did. She did. And Joshua pledges to find a way to free Victoria now that he realizes, holy crap, it was Angelique. Right. And demands that Barnabas place himself in Joshua's charge until he can figure out how to either lift the curse or find a way to keep him dead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, back at Collinwood, Naomi is uh, still trying to talk some sense into Millicent, um, about her and Nathan's marriage, of course. Yeah. Uh, she said that she is concerned that Nathan is only marrying her for her money, so Millicent decides to go into town the next day, mm-hmm. and um, she places all of her assets and signs
0: everything over to Daniel, mm-hmm. which is genius. Yes. Genius. Pure genius. And... It, it, and, and the other thing is that she, she has no intention of telling Nathan. None. And that
1: was her prenup right yeah, there.
0: That was prenup way back in 1795, baby. Like. <laughs> <White. laughs> Naomi
1: wants to know why Joshua gave his consent to the marriage, but he claims that she is legally of age and doesn't need his blessing, right? doesn't need his permission, but Naomi doesn't buy it a bit. Because all of a sudden, boom, he's just changed his tone. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like a a light switch.
1: Yeah. So, she is inquisitive about why he went to um, the old house and why he felt it necessary to bring the pistol with him. Yeah. And she's determined to find out why. She has the sinking feeling that it has something to do with uh, Barnabas. Yeah.
0: With Barnabas. Naomi's not stupid. She, she's, she's not dumb. And, and and she she's watching and observing and she's, hearing.
1: She, because it's all she has to do is she's a people watcher. Yes. She just watches everything that happens around her. Yes. Joshua locks Barnabas away in the tower room. This mm-hmm. He brings him back and locks him up there. And everyone starts asking questions about why there's lights on in the tower room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's never been lights on up there. And it, Everybody's questioning it, and it doesn't become too problematic until Nathan starts uh, asking on the day of he and Millicent's wedding.
0: Yeah. So, the day they get married, Nathan announces that he has resigned from the Navy so that he and Millicent can travel the world. Right, he right. doesn't know that Millicent's money is gone. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. He doesn't know. Mm. It's at this moment that Naomi realizes that Millicent hasn't told Nathan that she actually signed all her money over to Daniel. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. it's actually Daniel who tells Nathan about the money, and Nathan is just, he's seemingly stunned, you know, of course. We don't really know his reaction besides running out of the house and to do what only I can assume is go to the Eagles so that he can drink about it. So, Millicent is upset and crying in her room because she feels Nathan has left her. And Nathan goes up to comfort her and claims that he was gone all day because he had left a gift for her in his room. And this moment, she tells him that she signed all her money over to Daniel. And Nathan pretends not to care. Yeah. <laughs> but secretly oh, well. secretly decides that he is going to drive her mad. Uh-huh. And Daniel told Nathan that Millicent is the one to handle all the funds until Daniel becomes of age. And if something happens to Millicent's mind, then there will be nobody to take care of it for him. And that gives Nathan the idea to drive her insane so that he can handle all the money. And it starts. It starts with a simple pair of earrings. Nathan takes one of them, and Millicent wonders where it went. And Nathan tells her to calm down. Calm down, Millicent. You don't Mm -hmm. need to get so upset. Millicent's not upset. She's just like, where did it go? Where did it go? And the next thing he does is, is claim that, He doesn't hear the dogs howling when there are clearly dogs outside howling. And then he claims not to see the light in the tower room when clearly there's a light in the tower room. And he does it, and it does cause Millicent to be upset, and Nathan just runs with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Nathan's plot here is to make Millicent insane
1: literally everybody what everybody's thinking already about Melissa, and he's going to make it actually true
0: right so that everybody else will start thinking it too and that he can you know declare her mm-hmm. insane mm-hmm. and so that he can be daniel's legal guardian and spend all the money before daniel's 18 yes, yes. So, so so friends that is all the time we have for tonight um i want to say we want to say thank you so much for for coming back with us thanks for sticking with us through our sabbatical we are here and we are pumped up about dark shadows and we are just we're ready to keep talking and talking and so that it that is what we got for you this week next week next time we we talk we'll we'll talk about the end of 1795 you guys we are there we are we there, are there. Yeah. and um, after this we go back to uh, 1968 we, we get the end of Victoria's story in 1795 and it's exciting guys it's it's not going to stop till we're done <laughs> <laughs> so once again guys as a friendly reminder since it's been so long our contact info hasn't changed we are still at between the shadows 2021 at gmail find us on facebook you guys we're on youtube um like and subscribe that really does help us out guys but until next time remember to keep it between us and the shadows good night everyone good night
1: the wind will speak his name and the clock will chime the hour but dare it strike again you will know the darkness of the tomb he will beg for the darkness of death itself if you would know his name
0: Listen to the wind. Trend. Trend. You've been listening to Between the Shadows, a Dark Shadows podcast. All original Dark Shadows music, video clips, images, and media are the sole property of Dan Curtis Productions and is only used to promote Dark Shadows and should not be distributed, copied, or reproduced.